truth. How are y'all doing? Good. Doing good, doing good. Man, I, you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you guys today. After the, the events of stuff that's happened this week to try to keep this service from happening, can we just give God praise that a weird stall video is all we've had this morning? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, listen, Pastor Josh called me up last week and he was like, hey, man, um, you know, I, I know that I just came back from vacation and stuff, but, you know, I hopped right back into things. I was, I was tired and, and he, he asked me, he's like, man, could you preach this Sunday and just let me kind of prepare and, and pray and, and just kind of get back in that, in that mindset, you know, because sometimes when you come back from vacation, you just get thrown back in life and then it, it, it's worse that than uh, before you went on vacation. And uh, so I was like, yeah, man, I've got just the thing. Ironically, I started feeling like God gave me this message while I was cutting grass <laughs> at the church. And if, if you've heard me preach, you know that that seems to be where God talks to me. Um, and so it's great. God started giving me this message. And I think it's going to be good today. I think we're going to learn some things. I think God's going to set some people free, but more than anything, I think we're going to start to look at our lives a little bit different and start to look at our circumstances a little bit different today. So we're going to be in, in John chapter 20, verse 9. That's going to be up on the screen for you guys as, uh, as I read it. But if you want to turn there, I am going to actually go um, a little bit further than uh, chapter 19, but that was a Holy Spirit thing this morning, and so it will not be up on the screen. So I'm just going to kind of just just hang out with me. Can y'all do that? Can y'all just trust me to read from the Bible this morning? Amen. All right, so verse 19, it says, That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And then it says, Suddenly, Jesus was there among them, right? So, so listen, here's the chain of events that had just happened. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus has been, okay, I'm just going to go with it, right? Jesus has been crucified, right? He, he has just uh, been put in the tomb. He's dead, right? He's dead. Can we all just agree that Jesus died, right? It wasn't a fake. It wasn't a trick. It wasn't something like he was dead. And so the disciples were terrified. And here's why they were terrified. Because their hero, who they had just put all their trust in, their, their friend, their, their master, their Messiah, the person that they followed for, for three and a half years, is dead, they put all this faith in what he was going to do to restore the kingdom of God, and now he's dead, and they were terrified because they thought that they were next. And, and, and so here's what it says. It says, they got themselves into a room, and they locked the door. Then it says, suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. And listen to what Jesus says to them, his very first words. And this, I, I've read several different translations he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now, here's what I want to show you. He says, peace be with you. He comes, he comes in. He's in their midst. There's, there's no weird, like, translation issue. The Bible says that, that they go, they lock the door. Suddenly, Jesus is there in their midst. First thing he says is, peace be with you. Then he showed him his hands 
and his side. And, and you know, we all kind of know the story of Doubting Thomas and who wanted to, to put his hands in the holes uh, and, or put his fingers through the holes in Jesus' hands. And he, he wanted to see this. But, but listen, I've always wondered if Jesus was saying this to say, hey, look, I know things look crap right now, but I can tell you peace because I guarantee you it's a lot worse. I guarantee you, listen, I just defeated death and the grave and sin, and here I am, the, the risen son of God telling you peace. He's saying that, hey, I know a little bit about it. I know a little bit about how to have peace in a bad circumstance, amen? And, and so he says, peace be with you. He shows them his hands and his side. Then it says that they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, peace be with you. Again, he said it. So, so now what you're looking at is this, this chain of events. I can just tell you, I am really bad at jump scares. Like, listen, I am really bad at jump scares. People scare me all the time, especially up here. Can I just be honest with you? Your church is creepy when ain't nobody in it. You know what I'm saying? And Larry, Larry likes to walk around corners. And, you know, he doesn't make a lot of noise. He's kind of quiet. And Larry likes to, to sneak up on people. And I can't tell you how many times he personally has almost killed me at this church because I am scared of jump scares. So you got to imagine Jesus pops in this building they're scared, you know. They're, they're running behind this door. And I want to tell y'all, too, y'all can give Pastor Kelly a hard time. I had this cool illustration with a door that I was going to have up here on stage and, and all that stuff. But she told me no. So you just, no, that's between her and God. That's between her and God. No, uh, on, a, on a serious note, I had it all planned out. Like I said, weird chain of events didn't get to make the door. So you'll just have to visualize with me today, right? So they go behind this door, they lock it. Jesus, boom. My first thing, ah! I just locked that. How did you get in? You know, and, and he says, peace be with you. So our first temptation is to think, okay, he's letting them know that he's there so he doesn't jump scare him. But l listen, it, he then showed him who he was, and when they recognized him, they were filled with joy. And then again, he says, peace be with you. He didn't say peace be with you because he was scared he was going to scare them. He was saying peace be with you because he knew why they were behind a locked door. And I think that's where some of us are today, is we need to hear Jesus say peace be with you. Can I just tell you something, guys? That one of the things Jesus paid for on the cross for you is your peace. It's your peace. It's your joy. It's one of his promises. It's one of his things that, that he says, hey, as an adopted child into my kingship, I'm going to give you the same peace. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you I'm going, to peace. I'm going to give you peace, right? I'm the prince of peace. And I think so, so many times we get caught up in life, right? Living life, doing life, and maybe not even bad things, just life that we fail to enjoy Jesus as our peace. And then verse 21, it says, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. I need y'all to remember this scripture because I'm going to tie it in 
a little bit later. It says, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Father God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you that you showed up in a real way that we could feel your presence. We know you're here, God. We know that you're here speaking to us and you're here in our midst moving, God. I pray that that you start to show us what you want us to learn from this word today. In your holy name we pray, amen. So today we're gonna look at these ideas of doors opening and, and shutting in our lives. And I, I was telling Pastor Josh, you know, when I was like, hey, yeah, I got a word. Honestly, just to be totally truthful with you, um, I believe that this could be like a whole little mini series, you know? It's something that, that I could picture us coming back to. Um, because here, here's what I believe. I believe that the church right now is being positioned for God to open up some supernatural doors. And, and, and listen, doors that only he can, doors that, that only God can. Some of you have been praying for healing and, and, and you've, been, you've been praying for this and you've been wondering why God has not done it yet. And I'm telling you that he's, he's getting ready to position us to do some supernatural things. And I believe with all my heart that he's preparing us for that season. Because listen, if he's gonna do that for the church, who does he have to do it in first? Because we are the church. This building is not the church, we are the church. So as the church as a whole goes, you will see the people. So if we're seeing that in church, you're gonna start seeing it in your lives, right? Um, I believe that we're going to start seeing breakthrough in people's lives. I believe, I literally, literally I, I really believe that you've been praying for something. I believe you're about to see it. I believe you've been believing God for something and, and you're about to see it. You've been wanting some relationships healed. And I believe that, that you're about to see it. Furthermore, we're seeing greater effectiveness in our community. And so what that does is that does a whole different work in us. Because, you know, there's the work that God does in you, but then there's the work that doing God's stuff does in you. There's the work that, that fulfills you because that's what you were created to do. To, you were created to love God and love people. And so when you're doing what you're created to do, there's just something about that. There's, there's, this, there's this growth. There's this explosion of transformation that happens in your heart. One of the most changed I've ever seen people is after they've gone on a mission trip. And it's not because they see what the world is like compared to America, but it's because they were able to go out there and do what God's called them to do. So God's opening doors, listen, that I don't even think we know to pray for, right? Because here, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that he can do abundantly exceedingly more than all we can ask, think, or imagine. So what does that mean? That means that your prayers are just a baseline. Yeah, that means that your prayers are just a baseline. What if we prayed like this, church? What if we believed that when we prayed, that was just us setting the expectation of what we can picture? But what if we, what if we ended that prayer with God? You know what? I know that you're smarter than I am. I know that you could see more than I am. And I trust your plan. I trust your purpose. And so what I'm asking you to do is I'm setting this expectation as I'm praying, but I ask you to move in only the way you can move. I ask you to do 
more, and I ask you to take me farther in the way that only you could do. Come on, church. What if we prayed like that? What would your prayers look like? What would your life look like? What would the things that you pray for look like? Because I, I, I think sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray, but we're so limited by what we can think, and we never stop to ask God, is there anything better? Is there anything better that you want? Is there anything better that you have? And, and, and listen, God's getting ready to break some glass ceilings in this church. He's getting ready to open up doors and opportunity in this church. I know I'm not going to take Pastor Josh's kind of excitement from sharing all the things that God is starting to do in our church. But, but listen, <laughs> he is. And, and so my job today is to help you realize that when the church moves, God's preparing you. God's not going to prepare the building. God's going to prepare you, and you're going to prepare the building. And, and, and so here's what my job is today, is to help you to be ready for when those doors come. Because there's nothing worse than having an open door, and you missed it because you weren't ready to walk through it. You weren't ready to walk through it. Personally, I believe that we fail to see God so many times because we weren't ready. And I just want to ask you a question. I just kind of want to get you thinking today. This isn't like a trap or anything like that. I just kind of want to get this in the, in the back of your head. What if we're missing something today that we've been praying for because we weren't ready? Now, most of y'all have been here through the purchase and remodel of this building and, and all that. But I'm going to kind of give you the Cliff Notes version. Those, those that are joining us online or may not know how it came to be. A little over two years ago, this church sat here, and we didn't even know that it was a door that could possibly be open. We didn't know that it was a door that it even really existed. And, and somebody drove by it one day, and, and they were like, hey, that's kind of cool. And so they just passed the information along, and, and as as me and Pastor Josh and the board and the other leaders, as we started getting serious, like, is this a thing? As we started praying, you got to understand, like, this was months and months and months and months of us praying over, over this thing. And at the time, it was even already on contract, under contract, on contract. Um, it was already under contract. And, and so we just started softly, you know, kind of pushing that door. Is it, is it open? Is it? Is it locked? God, what do, you, what do you want with this? What do you want to have with this? That was our questions. But then, you know, next thing, God started giving us dreams and, and visions and, and goals and, and, and things. And as we got closer, we realized that, that God was preparing us for this building at our old building. He was preparing this season for us, but he was preparing us for this season. And so we got in, and listen, I'm telling you, all this happened before the doors were even unlocked, before the realtor sign was out, the contract wasn't, wasn't done. You know, and, and, and so what used to be a locked door and, and God giving us visions and dreams and, 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 and stuff like that ended up being, now when I see these doors, I see an invitation. 
I see an invitation into God's presence. I see an invitation into God's, God's experience. And, and, and furthermore, I think it's been really amazing because God has met us here consistently and faithfully every time we've been in this building. There's not one Sunday that I've left going, man, I just didn't feel the presence of God. Or I didn't experience the presence of God. And, and, and if I'm like that, chances are there's, there's some people in there here that's like that as well, right? So I see invitation, I see experience, and, and it's all based around a door that we didn't even know existed. And, and, and now the cool part about that story, though, is is you saw us remodel this and you saw us open it and you saw how beautiful the building was and, and stuff like that, but you didn't, you didn't all get to see the healings that were taking place and the, the people that were having God move in their finances and the people that were being set free from addictions and the people that were, were up here working and serving their heart out to be able to make this happen. And it's amazing because as God prepared the building, it, it, it started with the people. It started with the people, right? And, and so we see people start growing. We see God's preparing us for the next season. And honestly, I think if we look at what's going on in, a, in our life, we'll see that God's working to prepare us for the next season for our church. I think if you look at the, the scenarios going on, the situations in your life, and you were able to take a, a bird's eye view, a God's eye view at this situation, you would see that, that what it looks like from, from down here is not what it looks like from up here. You, you'll begin to see that, that it looks different than what it looks like from your point of view because God has it all laid out and if we could get up there and we could see God's point of view we would see that what we're going through now is preparing us for what is going to happen over here and we see that consistently in the Bible we see it in our lives we see it in the church if you want to see revival in a church start asking for revival in your life because that's how it's going to happen but with that said, that means that there has to be a cost for, for missing an open door, right? There has to be a cost. And, and, and listen, I don't think we hear this enough, so I'm going to set some people free today, right? There are real consequences for your decisions and your actions. There are real consequences, and you can live in a world where you don't think there is, but I assure you there always is. And it doesn't matter if it's a good decision or a bad decision, there are are consequences. Now that we got that out of the way, I feel like I can really preach, right? Now that, now that I, I've kind of broke it down a little bit, the other thing you need to know is uh, not all doors are God. Not all doors are God. Um, you need to understand that for as much as God has a plan for your life, the enemy has a plan for your life too. And oftentimes it'll look good. Oftentimes it'll look good. Like, like, I can't think of a time. I've been in ministry for a long time. I'm 19 years old. I've been in ministry for a long time. None of y'all laughed. Some of y'all looked at me in judgment. They were like, he is not 19 years old. He's lying. All right, so I've been in ministry for a long time, and I've never seen somebody walk out away from God's plan to a plan that looked like hell. 
to a plan that looked like 10 years down the road they were going to be addicted to something. I've never seen them walk away from God into something that, that looked like it was crazy. I've always seen that it looked good. And, and, and I just want you to think about that for a minute. Think about that. If, if the enemy has a plan and it could be good, then we got we to gotta be ready to discern, amen? Because here's the deal. If it's, if it's not God, it's not good enough. If it's not God, it's not good enough. So today I want to start to break down how to be ready when God opens doors, when doors come along. And so today, if you're taking notes, my message is called, It's Just a Closed Door. It's just a closed door. I, I, I've discovered for you to properly appreciate uh, open doors and opportunities in your life, you've had to have had some closed ones. Now, that's not everybody. I know some people that literally got saved in, in their mom's womb. They've been Christian forever. Y'all know those people? I know those people. And I mean, I really know those people. Like, I legit know people that they are amazing Christians and, and God has moved in their life and God ha has, has done some amazing things. But for the rest of us, a lot of us, um, uh, we, we had some jacked up closed doors that we had to get through first. And so to appreciate the open doors, we had to go through some, some closed doors. And, and uh, furthermore, I believe sometimes the blessing of God is on a closed door, right? I want to I wanna read something from a great theologian. Um, this guy, this, this quote is so good, so good. Um, there's actually a song. They've, they've made it into like a song uh, about it, and I was going to show the video and all that and, and, and stuff, but I didn't want to get flagged for like copyright on, online and stuff like that. So I'm just going to read the quote. You could just listen along. It says, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Come on. Where's my Garth Brooks fans at? <laughs> Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't listen, come on, y'all know the rest, doesn't mean he don't care. You know, so, some of y'all, some of y'all I saw, that's why I had to throw out Garth Brooks. I saw y'all weren't getting the joke. And that's okay, because that just means that one of two things, you're either way more holier than me, or you have really bad taste in music. And that's okay, because nobody walks alone here at, at Eastgate Church. Nobody walks alone. I've also discovered that how I steward the closed door seasons of my life dictates how I maximize the open door seasons of my life. When a door opens, how I've dealt with closed doors, how, I, how I've dealt with all the stages getting up to this open door dictates how I feel when I walk through that door. If I walk through that door with, with uh, authority or if I walk through unsure, if I walk through and I get everything that God wants for me or if I, I walk through unsure. I used to work for Tony Hart. Um, Tony Hart is, a, is an amazing man. If you don't know Tony Hart, I'm so sorry. Tony Hart is, he's one of the nicest, most loving, generous, giving, smart people I've ever met, right? But if you've also met him, he's also like a hillbilly. And he's, he's super scary sometimes to talk to, especially if you don't know him. He's very intimidating, and he can be because Tony's just that guy. He doesn't matter if you're just walking up to shake his hands. He's going to talk to you like he's known you forever, and that can intimidate people. But I used to work for this man, and 
Um, one thing I learned is I learned a lot of problem solving. I, I, I started working for him right out of high school, and, and what I did is property preservation, right? So what that is, is that's a pretty term for getting trash and junk out of foreclosed houses. So house would foreclose. I would go, Joe Click was there. He remembers. Pastor Kelly was there. Pastor Josh. Um, you know, Corey, yeah, Corey was there. Pete, all these all these guys were, were working there, guys and gals, and it was crazy, right? It was crazy because the stuff we saw and the stuff we did, anyway, that's not my story. My, my story is Tony will literally take any job whatsoever to make a profit for his business and for his family. He's smart. He's not, he's not greedy. He's, he's smart. Like I said, he's one of the most generous people I know but he's really smart and he will literally shovel dirt into a five gallon bucket and pour it in another room for some money. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we got to do a lot of weird things and, and uh, I moved up from like doing that to doing the grass. And then I did bids and, and started, uh, eventually before I left, I was doing the lock changes. And so I was the one that go out, I changed the lock, then the crew came behind me and cleaned it up or you know, a lot of the times I was doing evictions and stuff too. And I remember um, you didn't call Tony with a problem because when you called Tony with a problem, often what you got is, let me know. Let me know. I'm right, ain't I? This is, this is what I mean by this. So Tony gave me this truck when I was rekeying and it was this old like 95 Nissan. It had water damage and like this thing should have been salvaged, you know, and he put a new battery in it, new alternator, but it had some sort of wire issue with it. So every day I'd leave with a new battery, new alternator, lunchtime, truck won't crank, won't go anywhere. I have to call Tony. Finally, he told me, he came and got me once, told me I'd fix it. And then the next day it happened, he goes, let me know. Let me know. And so listen to me, y'all. I got really good at problem solving. I promise this is going somewhere. Don't, 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 don't camp out on me. So, so what I did is I took my generator, I turned it on, I plugged jumper cables. Okay, sorry, I skipped a step. Okay, generator, cranked. It's going. Electricity, boom. I have a jump box. Y'all know what a jump box is. Okay, a jump box is like a battery in a box that has jumper cables. You charge the battery and you can take it with you so you don't need somebody to jump you off. Okay, so I had that plugged in to the generator. Then I had the cables coming around the passenger side door that I then had to wrap in electrical tape because if they touched the truck, it would short it out. Then I had to take jumper cables clip them to those and run them to the battery under my hood. And that's how I got home. Listen to me, that's not just how I got home. That's how I drove around for like a week. When we had flat tires on the trailer, a lot of the times we didn't have good tires to put back on them because we had flats all the time. And so we actually learned a trick to put wood up under the axle of a trailer so it would roll on one wheel. 
So it'll roll on one wheel. I, I got good at problem solving because like I said, he would call and he'd say, let me know. So one day I was at this eviction and I had a kind of hard lock. Some, sometimes you can't pick the locks. Certain brands are harder to pick and, and stuff like that. I'd been trying. Now keep in mind, police are there. They're like, hey, get in, get in, get in, get in. But you can't break in. So I can't like bust a door, especially you want to leave the customer with an intact house. So pretty much you had to get in without leaving any damage. And I called him and I said, Tony, I've been here for like an hour and a half with these eviction crews. I cannot get into this stinking house. Help me, please. And he goes, let me know. And so that day I learned that there wasn't many locks that I couldn't pick. And it prepared me because as I came to this one job, it was a high-rise apartment in Atlanta. It's 30 stories up, you know, on the, uh, on, the, on the top floor. Go in, it's got this nice door, nice doorknob, one deadbolt, one door, no other way in. And I can tell you that when I walked to that closed door, I didn't look at it with panic, I didn't look at it with fear, I looked at it and I said, oh, that's that brand. I can do that all day. And I was able to pick it and get into the house. And, and, and I'm telling you that because some of us walk up to closed doors and we look at it and we go, oh, that opportunity's gone. And, and, and we walk away not realizing that the door was actually something that God had for you. Or, or, or what about this? Something looked good to you in the beginning, like you have Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, uh, the dream job. It looked like exactly what you wanted, right? This is, this is it. And in the moment, you were heartbroken when the door closed. But let me ask you, has anybody lived long enough to recognize that some closed doors are good? Some closed doors are, are God. And, and, and some closed doors push you into situations that turned out better than you could have asked, imagined, I want to ask you, can we be mature enough to be grateful for God's no's and his closed doors as we are for the open door and the yeses? I wonder if we could be that church today that can say, you know what, I'm grateful because I know that you have a plan. Let me give you, let me give you three things real quick, three things. Um, if you're taking notes, these are just kind of three quick thoughts. Um, the first thought is not all doors are the same. Not all doors are the same. When you come up to the door, the first thing you got to figure out is you got to figure out if it's open or closed. Got to figure out if it's closed, is it locked? Why is it closed? What kind of door is it? Um, but if you start to break all that down, you'll realize that most doors work the same, but they don't work for the same reasons, right? You see, some doors are closed and locked from the inside, and some doors are closed and locked by the outside. So we see the disciples, they come in this room, they lock the door from the inside. And, and there's like four simple purposes for a door. So you have an open door and the two purposes for an open door is to keep things or to let things that are inside out, right? Or to let things that are outside in. So on the other side of that, you have closed doors, and their job is to keep things that are inside from getting out, but it's also to keep things that are outside from getting in. And I, I, I just want to tell you, but just because it's closed doesn't mean it's, 
it's closed for the same reason. John chapter 20, as we were reading, the disciples found themselves not just behind a closed door, but y'all, they locked this thing up tight. Like, they jiggled the handle. They made sure it was bolted. Nobody's getting in because they didn't know what was waiting for them out there. They just knew whatever it was, they didn't want it in here. They had little interest in seeing what was going on for them next. They let the, the pain that they were in and the fear and the, the disappointment drive them into a closed room. They closed the door and, and, and locked it because they said they had had enough. They put all their hopes, all their dreams, all their beliefs, all their faiths into Jesus. And, and see, sometimes we read the Bible and and we don't realize that we're reading people's lives. Or we, we read the Bible and we kind of fail to remember that we know how the Gospel of John ends. You know, these guys are living it. These guys have walked away from family, inheritance, work, friends, all that they had, never, or all that they had ever known because a stranger said that he held the hope of the world in his hands and that he was going to restore the kingdom of God. And so from... From, they walk away from all that they knew to follow him, the son of God, and then he hung on a cross. They were waiting on him to come down and destroy all God's enemies and restore the kingdom of God, but he, he, he didn't. He stood up there, or he stayed up there, and he gave his last breath. And, and, and so he died, like we've already talked about. He, he for real died. This isn't a trick. And I think in order to understand this story from where the disciples were feeling it is you have to feel their disappointment. You have to feel their fear. You have to feel how discouraged and, and how down they were, right? See, again, we, we read this knowing how the gospel of, of John plays out, but for them, this was the most traumatic thing that they had ever experienced. Their, their friend, their 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 person, you know, the, the person that led them, the person that told them that, that, that I mean, they, they knew this guy was the Messiah. And, and, and now, here it is, he, he, it didn't work out. <laughs> it didn't work out. And they didn't know that he's raised from the dead. They didn't know that he's resurrected. They just knew their pain. Let me, let me say it like this. Oftentimes, our response to trauma or pain is to go to a dark place, lock the door, and close ourselves out. And we find ourselves behind this closed door, this, this dark place, and we find ourselves not letting people in, but also not, not being willing to go out. And I want to tell you that you're not there because Jesus has put you there. You're, you're there because hurt has put you there or, or, or disappointment. Some of you, you're, you're there because addictions put you there, because abuse has put you there. Whatever's put you there, right? Something has happened to, to me that because of that, not verbally, not physically, but internally, I'm gonna retreat and I'm gonna close this door and I'm never going to open it again. And here's what I've learned again. Doors open in our lives based on the openness in, of your heart. So if your heart's closed, you'll see that there are a lot of doors closed. If your, your heart's closed, your opportunities are closed, your favor's closed. Your, a lot of times you'll notice that your, your peace, your, your joy is closed off. And here's what happens. We find ourselves in a room of our own making, our own, our own building, the, the thing, whatever we built it up and, and uh, we find ourselves closed off and 
we never stop to think like, what happens next, right? What, what happens now? I'm in here and what, I'm just no longer gonna trust people because they hurt me or, or I'm not gonna expect anything great out of life because I did that and it let me down. How many of y'all have ever been let down by life? Let down by life. Mm. Life, life, life. We, we, we say things like nobody's ever there for me, but if we go to the inner place of our heart and we examine it, we'll find that it's bolted shut. And listen to me, church, not all doors that are closed are the same. And not all closed doors are God's will. Not all closed doors are God's will. Some closed doors are our response. So here's the disciples. They're locked up. And I, I have to wonder, like, what was their plan? <laughs> because I've noticed that when people do this, when they lock themselves up from life, not too many people think what their life will look like in 10 years when they decide that they're not going to trust anybody again. Not, not, too many, not too many people take time to think of what it's going to look like in their life when they decide that they never want to take another step of faith because that, that was hard and it hurt. Um, and, and, and so we make life-altering decisions based on current pain. And I, I believe that the disciples didn't even have a plan. I believe the disciples locked in this room uh, because of fear and uncertainty. And, and the next thing you know, here's Jesus, and he's right among them. He, as I was reading this, the scripture took the time to talk about what day it was, what time of the day it was, that they locked the door, what the door was. It goes into pretty good detail for a little short verse. But you know one thing that it never says? It never says that Jesus opened the door. It never says that Jesus unlocked the door and walked through with them. Instead, it just says that Jesus was in the room. Y'all, he never walked through the door. He was just in the room. Suddenly, he's just there with them. And I think that's a lot of time how God works. I know that God's done that to me before. Some of the times that I feel like, okay, I've put myself in this place. And next thing you know, here Jesus is right in the middle of it. And he's speaking peace. And, and so suddenly Jesus is there with them. He knows why they're there. He knows where, they're, where, they, where they are. Think about this, they're, they're hiding, and Jesus just, bloop, first thing he says is peace. And someone needs to hear that today, as they're locked in a situation of, of pain, as they've locked themselves up. They need to hear that today, because he is a God that will step through all the walls, that will step through all the doors that we've locked up, all of the things that we've built up, and he'll get in that area with us. He'll get in that area with us and he wants to be among you. And he's saying today, he's saying peace. He's saying peace. Now, I told y'all I shared, you know, how he breathed on them and they were filled with the spirit. And, you know, just to kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so basically what he does is, is he calms them down first. He shows them who he is and then he calms them down again. And I've noticed that uh, I've got young kids, they melt down. They melt down all the time. 90% of parenting is just, just maneuvering meltdowns and keeping them alive. Um, so listen, they have meltdowns and I've noticed that rather than get mad, rather than scream, rather than try to talk over them, rather than try to, try to shake them out of it, oftentimes if I will stop and I will look at them and I'll just peace, calm, 
they will, they will calm down. But here, here's what else happens is then I am able to say to them and do to them what I want to do because they are in a different headspace. And so that's what I think Jesus is doing. He's, he's coming in. He's saying, no, 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 no. I see all this. Listen, peace, because I need you to hear this. Just as I was sent out, I'm sending you out. And, and see, he's saying, he's saying, no, 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 I died for the sins of the world. You're going to be the church. I'm going to send you out like I was sent out. And, and, and I believe that, that they had to be calm to be able to accept this. Because again, you're talking about people that just watched this man die. They don't know what's happening to them. They don't know what's going to happen next. They don't know probably what's going on now. If Jesus popped in in this room right now and he says, peace, I'm going to have some questions. I'm going to have some questions. I'm gonna, I, listen, again, y'all might be more saved than I am, but I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, hey, let me see your hand. You good? You good? You know what I'm saying? Because of all the stuff going on. And, 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 and so here's, here's what I know. He had to calm them. Man, God is so good. He had to calm them down in, in the middle of their turmoil, in the middle of their pain. He had to calm them down so that they could really hear what he was trying to say. Um, another reason that we'll stay behind locked doors is we're scared that someone will judge us. Pastor Kelly talked about that a little bit today. You know, we're, we're scared that people will judge us. And the problem is, is we start to think that Jesus is like those people. And we start to think, oh, well, Jesus is going to judge me. You know, since Pastor Kelly talked about worship, what about worship? You know, I, I, can I just tell you when I, when I first got saved, I would, I would worship and dance and, and, and stuff like that. And I'd, I'd end up getting turned around, you know, I mean, and I'd be, I'd be facing the crowd. You know, I'm sitting there worshiping and I was just so lost in it that, uh, that I would turn around and I'd get, I'd get lost. And, and so, like, I found God convicting me when I started leading worship because he's like, where's that at? And I'm like, well, God, I'm, th you know, I'm 38. Things bounce now, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Things pull, things strain. But... He, he, he's saying, listen, not, I'm not like those people. He says, peace, so that they can have the impact of his presence. And so my mind began to wonder about this. My mind began to just kind of go off on a, on a little rabbit chasing adventure, if you will. And, and so I started thinking, like, is this Jesus's first choice on getting in this room? <laughs> Like, what was Jesus' first choice to get in this room? Did, did he just pop through? You know, did he just appear among them? Because or, 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 remember, the, the door is closed to keep things out, right? Not, not just to keep things in, but to keep things out. And, and I started thinking about Revelations 3.20, and it says, Look, I stand at the door. This is where it would have been good to have that door. You know what I mean? Uh, I stand at the door and I knock, and if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. I will share a meal together as friends. That is my Jesus. Come eat some barbecue with me, baby. Come eat some. I will make you some food. Come eat with me. 
You know, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. So he says, I'm constantly knocking. I'm constantly knocking. And I, I don't think that Jesus just wanted to appear with the disciples. I think that he was knocking at the door. But in, in, in the turmoil, in, in the midst of everything, they, they mistook the knocking of their Messiah for the knocking of more pain, of, of more trauma, of more disappointment. What, what if that's the Roman guard coming to, coming to get me? And, 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 but, but listen, we don't answer because we don't want to get hurt again. We don't want to be disappointed again. And, and listen, this is another one of those things that I just, I mean, I've, I felt like, this was for somebody this morning. Some of you are running from your calling and God is knocking at the door. Some of you are running from, from a calling that God's put on your heart. And, and you're running from it because you've been disappointed. You've been hurt. You don't want to go through it again. You're not even really just hung up on the thing that happened as much as you just don't want to go through it again. And, and you're... You're running from your calling, but God's knocking at the door and he wants to fill you with his presence. Like, you don't even have to come out. He knocked at the door and he said, if you hear me and let me in, I'll step in with you. You don't even need to come out of your dysfunction. I just want to come in. And so let me ask you today, church, when, when he knocks, are you going to answer? Are you, gonna, are, are you at a place to where you know that, that it's the Messiah knocking at your door today? Because that's the whole point of today. It's to know that this isn't more pain. This is, this is the Messiah knocking at your door and he wants to breathe peace into you today. He wants to bring some, some, some closure and some peace to, to uh, some turmoil in your life. Second thought is this. Some closed doors are set up. Some closed doors are set up. So, so we got the closed doors that we close and, and then there's some that Jesus closes. Like, I think about Noah, right? Uh, the God closes the door on the ark when, when Noah gets all the animals. And God closes the door, and he's, he's like, hey, Noah, you don't want to be out here for this. You know what I mean? He, he closes the door. I got, I got a little pastor joke for you. Whenever my kids start, like, being desperate or, like, just screaming my name, saying I want something, I'm like, man, y'all are more desperate than the third monkey on the ark. That don't, don't, don't worry for the people that didn't laugh. They don't laugh either. Um, so, so there's some doors that God closes, and this is where it's good to have discernment because um, when God closes a door, you don't want to mess with it. When, when God closes a door, you don't want to mess with it. God closed the Garden of Eden, and I mean, he closed that bad boy. He sent an angel with a sword. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, if I ever get to a door... That's going to be my one door. If I ever get to a door with the dude with the flaming sword, I'm just going to be like, you got it. I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to be like, that is a closed door, baby. You know, so the, the doors that God closes, you don't, you don't want to mess with, right? And, and here's what I know. If God closes a door in my life, then he's either preparing me for something better or he's preparing something better for me. He's, he's either preparing me for something better or he's preparing something better for me. And you know what I found has, is, is just as bad as like get, not getting a good thing, getting a, a good thing at the wrong time, right? 
just a little knowledge nugget for you guys. Has nothing really to do with my message today, just a little knowledge nugget. So the first time the disciples locked themselves in a room, but we all know that there's a second time, right? Jesus comes to them and he appears and he, he tells them, go, stay in Jerusalem and don't leave. Because the Holy Spirit that's been promised to you is coming. And, and so we see the first time the disciples lock themselves in the room. Second time, Jesus locks them in a room. Somebody's watch is like, Pastor Jeremy, you need to come on. Okay, cool. <laughs> right, so is he preparing something better for me? I, 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 when, I'm, when I start thinking about that, um, and I start thinking about how the disciples locked themselves in the, in the room the first time, the second time Jesus told them to go in the room and lock it. Here, here's where we find this. It says, uh, once he was eating with them, it's Acts chapter uh, 1, verse 4. It says, once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? So over the last 18 months or so, we saw the world close its doors, jobs closed, churches closed, which by the way, I'm gonna pick on some people on, online. If you're if you're joining us online, you're, I'm not going to look at the camera. I don't want you to feel judged. But if you're joining us online and you're wondering if the church is open, we here. We here. Um, I'm not going to look at the camera. I'm not going to look at the camera. We're here. Yeah, yeah, you could go ahead and pull up. We're here. Um, not that I don't love the fact that, that you get to join us online, but listen, there's something to be said about being in the house of God. Amen. So, so listen to me. I know the door is closed but what are you going to do with it while it is? What are you going to do with it while it is? Matthew 6, 6 says this, but when you pray, it says, go away by yourself. Now this is God shutting a door. Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Some of us, we haven't been taking the time to close ourselves away from the stuff that's keeping us from God. Some of us need to retreat, retreat back to a place to where the, it says, then your father who sees everything. We've, we've started walking away too far. So what have you been doing in this season of closed doors? Closed doors is where I believe that God prepares you and what were you doing while you were supposed to be preparing? What were you doing while you were supposed to be getting ready? You know, we, we need to be to like a place of healing. We need to be full of God's power, but we're, we're spending time walking away from God's presence. And a lot of times when, when this other stuff starts happening, we're not ready for it. We're not, we're not ready for it. I'm gonna close with this. This is my, this is my third, third thought, third thought. Um, don't get used to closed doors. Don't get used to closed doors. I'm going to say something. Can I, hey, can I say something really funny and awkward? Can I do something real quick? Online, I can't hear you anyway. But they have, one person in the back has given me permission. Um, 
No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, 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 okay. So, so um, I put somebody on the spot this morning, and I'm not going to tell you who that person is because I don't want them to feel judged or feel weird, but I'm closing now. So if there's, like, anybody that wants to play music or, like, maybe play a keyboard... Are y'all picking up my winking? Can y'all see? I just want to make sure that they can see it. I just want to make sure that they can see it. But hey, l- listen, there's no judgment if not. No judgment if not. No judgment if not. So here's number three. Here's number three. Don't get used to closed doors. Don't get used to closed doors. Hear me today. It doesn't matter how long a door has been closed in your life. Don't get used to it. The, the disciple Peter was arrested, and they had already beheaded the brother of Jesus. They have already beheaded the brother of, of Jesus. The Romans were so excited about the execution of James, which, by the way, I'm going to chase a rabbit. Could you imagine being Jesus' brother? You get in trouble, and Mary's like, why can't you be more like Jesus? You know? Or you don't hear anybody being like, in James' name, right? I don't want to be the brother of Jesus. Anyway, take with that what you will. They're getting ready to kill Peter. And the church said, not again. They, they, they went into a house and they closed the door and they started to pray. They started to pray for, for Peter. They started to pray for the church. And the, the Bible says that as they prayed, an angel showed up and the chains fell off. And Peter walked out. He walked out. And he walked back to the house that they were at. And you know, I I was thinking, okay, I wonder what the New Testament would look like if when Jesus was taken to the tomb, if the disciples would have went, locked themselves in a room, started to pray for the move of God. Now, I wouldn't have been able to preach this amazing message, this amazing message, amen? Um, but I wondered that. I wondered, you know, what, what if they would have done that? And so I have to ask myself, what if we do that? What if, what if, listen, can I just be honest with you about something? Most of you don't know this um, right now, so I'm just going to kind of just open it all up for you. Um, I have someone very close to my life that right now they have cancer, and the cancer is so bad, it's so bad, that they've literally just sent them to, to die. If I'm being honest, and it sucks because they might be watching this. But they know it. They know it. 50 years old. Um, less than, so they, they spent 60 days in the hospital before being sent home to basically be hospice at home because they didn't want to be in the hospital. The weekend before they went to the hospital, they were playing golf. Nothing's wrong. 
playing golf, spending time with their family, doing the things that they love, get a stomach ache, go into the doctor, stage five. They tried to do some surgery on this person and they said when they opened them up, they said that they've literally never seen that much cancer. They've never seen that much cancer. He can't eat. He has a tube feeding him. He has a tube draining him because he can't digest. Chemo, whole nine yards. And this whole time, I've been, I've been praying like, God, God, heal him. You know, and listen, I believe that God is our healer. I, I don't think that cancer is too big for God. I don't think that, you know, the, the deadliest cancer is too big for God because obviously death was not. And, and so I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I felt like God told me to go and anoint this person with oil, pray for them. That's all I felt. I, I wish I could tell you that I, I felt like God told me that they would be healed if I did that. He just told me, go anoint the person with oil, pray for healing. And I, as I did that, I started to see little things in my life that, that God was preparing me for. Little things going on. And some of these things are, are happening now. You know, this was stuff that God was trying to prepare me for. And, and, and so this message preached to me because um, what are we going to do when we see something that we're disappointed in? Because I promise you I'm disappointed But if we look at how God moves and how the Bible's written, you always see that when it's the times that seem the most lost, when it's the times that, that you are most unsure, you are most disappointed, you are most hurt, is the times that, that Jesus is saying, man, listen, I'm just right here. I'm just right here. And so as I've walked through that, I felt like God is saying that there's, there's peace in my presence. There's, there's, things are not going to always turn out like we, we think that they should. Things are not always going to hit the way that we think they should. And it hurts. And it can be scary. But listen to me, church. We... We serve a, a, a God that just wants to be among us, among us. I'm not gonna get into like some super long altar call today, um, just because honestly, when I started driving to church this morning, I felt like the people that this message was gonna hit was waiting on this message. They were, they were waiting on what God did during worship. They were waiting on what he wants to do through this. So I'm just gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. <clears throat> and uh, if any part of this service, this is why I didn't wanna do like an altar call because altar calls tend to kind of group things down into a group. And I don't know about you, but I believe that salvation is the most important thing. I love 
doing salvation altar calls. But when I was going through kind of like before I became a pastor and kind of saw this side of things, I remember being, sometimes I would be confused when we would get to the altar call because the pastor would say something and I'm like, hey, that's me. <laughs> and I'd lift my eyes and the next thing you know, I was saved again. And, and so I don't want to cause any confusion. I just, I believe that whatever God wanted to do in your life today, I believe you were waiting on it. I believe that you've been asking for it or at least thinking about it. And so I want to I ask you today, if that's you, just look up at me today and raise your hand. If I see that hand, thank you. Thank you. See those hands. See those hands. Thank you. Um, online, if, if that's you, you don't have to do anything that's going to call you out, but maybe just... Uh, shoot us a message or something let us know that, that that's you today and, and, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you today and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you out because I, I think that's kind of where, where God wants to go with this today see oftentimes uh, God will put something in, in front of us that he wants to work on and, and sometimes that's a process sometimes it's a sometimes it's a go down to the altar lay it down and you'll never pick it up again but but oftentimes I, I think that he wants us to move in action and if you look at the disciples he didn't just come in and, and say hey I'm speaking peace into your situation I'm speaking peace into where you are he came in and he told them no 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 I'm speaking peace and to where you are because I need you. And I just want to tell you today, church, that, that that is true for you. God is crazy madly in love with you because he believes in you. And so I just want to pray for you. And then afterwards, we're going to, pray some, we're going to play some soft music. If you want to come up here and pray, if you feel like God wants you to come up here and just, you know, Pray and snot and cry out of banger. It's, a, it's okay. Sometimes we need that. But I really feel like God is saying to us today, he's saying peace. And now that I've, I've got you where I can speak into you, I, I want you to go and do. I want you to go and do. Father God, I thank you for these people today, God, that have said, you know, listen, I know that you're talking to me, God. I know that, that you're talking to me, and I know that there's something in my life that I've been asking for. There's something in my life that I've been wanting, or, 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 or just plug in what it is for you. There, that there's something that I'm going through. There's, there's a season in my life that I'm going through, and God, I I just want to ask you to speak peace among your people today, God. Just speak peace to your people. Not to let them know that they shouldn't be scared. Not to let them know they shouldn't be worried or concerned. But instead, because that's who you are. And because that's tied up in your identity, it's tied up in our identity. 
And God, I pray that they make a decision today to just accept that peace. Accept that peace. We thank you again for your presence. We thank you again for your promise, Lord. And we ask you to continue it. In your holy name we pray, amen. Hey, can we give God praise this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Man, God is so good.